Well, today is an amazing day already. The Lord's been doing some great work already. Anytime that we allow the Holy Spirit to minister and allow him to take over, we got to hold on because he's the one that can make a difference in our lives. I'm excited today to be able to uh, bring a word today. I'm excited for people that are here today. Um, people that will hopefully be blessed, and I think uh, if it's from the Lord, it will bring back fruit. And so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited of a dear friend of mine that's here, uh, Peter Spencer. Uh, Peter is a dear friend. Um, he's a creative individual, a wordsmith, an amazing preacher, knows the word, has a tremendous testimony. He's a great friend of mine, and I'm so blessed, Peter, that you're here. And I'm also blessed that my dad is joining us, and he's always uh, here with us now. But uh, again, I have two strong men right here that I feel real good. My wife is ministering in Kerrville, and uh, so that's why she's not here today. But I'm so privileged to have friends and family like this. Thank you so much for this, uh, this time that we have this morning. Uh, what I want to speak about today is seed principles. When we think about the seed, a lot of times we think about maybe an offering that we're going to offer above and beyond what we feel that uh, we're uh, supposed to do and are privileged to do. But I wanted to start this message today to think of how powerful the seed is in our life. These seeds are principles in the kingdom. If God promised you something, he will provide a seed to make it happen. And so we're going to think about that in a little bit different way today. I know, Chris, what a testimony this morning. I mean, there is a great example of what the Lord can do and is doing and is doing more than we know, but a great example. And what I even love about it is that you kept it in. You didn't get on Facebook and you get on, on the phone and get let everybody know. You were enjoying what the Lord was doing intimately because that's where it should be. That's where it should be. In Matthew 13, 4 through 23, it notes the parables that Jesus spoke about, about the reaper and the sower. Today, I want to take these parables and identify some seeds that we can control in our lives. These seeds will give us a good life, a life more abundant in him. The disciples asked Jesus in these scriptures why he spoke in parables. And in Matthew 13, 14, Jesus says, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They can hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. So when we think about that in particular, look at the situation that we're in right now in this country. You know, so much of what's going on is, is thrown at us constantly, constantly, that we start, if we're not grounded, we start adjusting, really, our vision for what the Lord has for us. I want to identify areas in our lives that we encounter every day and the seeds that will produce change and a new life in Christ. Often, we don't recognize these seeds unless we understand what they are 
and identify them in our lives. Once identified, action and change can happen. We all need to be seed-oriented instead of need-oriented. Most times when we see a need, we tend to focus on that need. These can be health, finances, relationships, work, school. But if we only focus on the need and not address the need, we can become miserable. God created us to be givers, doers, to be able to recognize our blessings and be able to sow a seed. The more you focus on the need, the larger and insurmountable it becomes. So everything that we'll be talking about today will be seed principles about things that we encounter every day that we may not see as potential seeds. But if we overcome these things or redirect these things, they can actually be a blessing. These will work for anyone and everyone. These principles will identify how powerful a seed is and how these seeds will identify how God lives and works in our lives. The definition of a seed as a verb is to furnish with something that causes or stimulates growth or development. So these seeds that we're going to be talking about today, if taken head on, can make a change. A seed is something you've been given by God that can give you anything that's been promised. If God has promised you something, he will produce what he's promised. Sometimes a seed can be seen as an experience or a thought that you may have minimized and thought, I can't do that. I can't be that. I don't have the talent or abilities like Brent up here on the piano and microphone or like even Brayson up here playing the drums, that's a talent that the Lord has given that when it's used in the right way, you can see how it can bless. Another good example is the abilities that he gave David with his slingshot. God provided that small stone. That small stone had been on a riverbed getting formed perfectly for what its intended purpose was. It was going to be a stone that once put in David's sling where he had already honed his skill because that was something that he worked on. When honed with that skill, it, that stone became the weapon that slew the giant. If God makes you a promise, he will give you a seed to make it happen. Now, as we read earlier in Matthew, let's pray that the Lord opens our hearts and ears and he tills our hearts to recognize the seeds that will grow in us today. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to allow your message to come through loud and clear. That these seeds that can take root and produce new life in the fertile soil of our hearts provide me with new revelation that will impact and change the lives of us today. I ask for Holy Spirit to be welcomed here today among your people, and in Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I've identified several seeds that can relate to our daily lives that once recognized can make real change. The first seed, and interesting as we were singing today, it, it's, these things started coming into my mind that, that battle is a seed for territory. 
you cannot enlarge your territory without battles. We must learn how to fight. If you want more, learn to pray and seek the Lord for the abilities to win the battle. You have to fight for everything that God has given you. Your children, your marriage, your business, your job, your home. All of this is territory that he's given you. If you want to protect it, to be safe and secure, you have to fight for it. And I'm not talking physical fight because that's limiting. I'm talking about fighting with prayer, with understanding, with the knowledge, with being used by the Holy Spirit in order to be effective and to have a change in heart, a change in mindset that can provide that seed and that seed would grow. Jabez in First Chronicles 4.10 cried out, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Remember that every new territory comes with a new battle. Goliaths don't show up until you enter the territory God has promised you. And I think we can all relate to some of these things that as we continue to expand our territory, expand what the Lord is doing, all of a sudden you encounter that opposition. And that opposition can be overcome. It just seems so insurmountable. It seems so large. But our God is much bigger. Remember, Goliaths don't show up until you enter the territory God has promised you. If we recall the Jews in the wilderness, they faced their own challenges, but the real battle didn't come until they reached the promised land. The giants showed up. The mere presence of a giant is proof that you've entered into your promised land. Let's think about that, and I see some reactions out in the crowd. It's so true, though. When you start feeling that opposition, all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute, something just happened here. Something is different. Um, now, and I, I also put an analogy in here, Satan won't confront you until you get in the game. If you're sitting on the bench and not in the game, you won't encounter opposition. Once in the game, then you'll encounter adversity. Once you understand this, battles won't surprise you. So when you're looking for this new territory, you're looking for growth, you're looking for a business expansion, you're looking for a new job, whatever it is, remember that there's going to be a battle. So don't let it surprise you. Be ready for it. If you're ready for it, you can take it on. This means you won't complain when things get tough. There's no whining. Oh, my life <laughs> is so hard. Yes. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've dealt with. Adversity comes the closest, closer when you get to the promised land. So that's the first point. Next point is thankfulness is the seed for joy. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. I'm sure you've encountered people that find something negative to say about anything and everything, and it's difficult. A lot of times they're good friends, but then you have to kind of change your thinking or change the conversation to avoid some of the negative uh, thoughts that are coming about. 
they're infected with seeing the glass half empty instead of half full. Thankfulness is a seed for joy. If you don't have joy, it's not God's fault. An example, um, I'll just, uh, my joy comes from my beautiful wife that's not here. She's out ministering in Kerrville. My two married children and their spouses. Brittany was one of the girls singing up here today. Uh, my grandson, Rhett, who is amazingly um, amazing. <laughs> and my soon-to-be granddaughter that, uh, that will be here in, in August. Uh, one of my other... Um, joys is my dad my dad is here 86 years old still works and enjoys it six days a week uh gonna be 86 next week <laughs> so good he's he's healthy at least as a 50 year old and still does everything and still works and still takes care of things and has his business and enjoys that i mean that just is a great example for me it, it warms and fills my heart uh, anytime that I talk to him and I call him every day, it's just we enjoy the time together. We enjoy breakfast together. We enjoy sharing things together. We lift each other up in prayer. It's so good. That's joy. Your circumstances should not control your joy. Your attitude of gratitude and thankfulness, thankfulness is the seed for joy. We are programmed to be negative. So we have to be intentional about being thankful, and from this, joy will come. Let's let God know about how thankful we are because of how good he is. We don't have to have perfect lives to be thankful. If we lack thankfulness, this opens a door for depression, sickness, discouragement, unforgiveness. And once bitterness sets in, it's so difficult to get rid of bitterness because it infects so many different things. So don't let bitterness take your joy. Next point, confrontation is the seed for change. 2 Samuel 22.4, uh, David uh, sang out in this verse, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. And Peter, the other day when we were having lunch, I mean, this almost relates directly to your story. And I'm not going to share anything about it because I want Peter's story to be shared in a mighty way. I mean, Peter is a producer, a writer. If you've not seen The Hiding Place, the movie, he's the man that created that. So when you see that, look for it this afternoon. This is the man that had the vision. He had the skill to put that together, invested so much into it, and is still producing and reaping a harvest. So it's so good. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, it's him. Anything that is left unconfronted will increase in your life. You have to confront what you don't like. 
David was dealing with life and death, and he knew that the only way for victory was for God to pull him out and away from the powerful enemy. You will be confronted by something in this life. You don't want God to leave you alone. And one of the things I was thinking about earlier, when you're confronted with things that you can't control, you know, the thought came, and Colin's not in here, but Brittany, I'll, I'll share this um, example. You know, right before Brittany and Colin were married, they were confronted with, he was working for a company, and he was laid off. This was right before their marriage. So we confronted that problem as a family. I didn't lead him in, in or I didn't help him financially or whatever. No, what we did is we sat down at the breakfast table, and you'll remember this like it was yesterday, and we prayed, and we said, Colin, you don't have to work for anybody. What do you enjoy doing? And in, as simple as it gets, I enjoy being outside. I said, great, then do things that are outside. You do things that you will enjoy, and if you do things that you enjoy, you'll do them that much better. So at that point, we focused on things, and he got into landscaping, and I was able to just uh, give him a couple of names, and he took it from there. And from that, he started a landscape business. Well, landscaping was good, but he saw another great opportunity. He saw the pool business, and since then, he got into the pool business and is doing extremely well. The Lord's blessing him and his family, my daughter and, and, and grandchildren. And that's because impartation, not only a prayer, but confronting that battle and that obstacle head on. If we don't confront it with prayer, with understanding, and then holding him up in prayer so the decisions that are made that are critical, crucial decisions as you're building a foundation for something. And again, I always go back to the uh, analogies of construction. The foundation is everything. If you're not building and working right from the start, then as soon as any type of stress, as soon as any type of problem, as soon as any type of storm comes, at that point, that's when you start seeing the cracks. That's when you start seeing the fractures. That's when things start going awry. You will be confronted by something in this life. You don't want God to leave you alone. Confrontation is a seed for change. If you're battling something and you don't want to confront it, it won't change. It'll probably get worse. Allow the Lord to show you how to confront what you're dealing with and allow Holy Spirit to give you the solution for change. God has grace. God has the power that can break every yoke and set you free. Another point is listening is a seed for knowledge. This is interesting as we get into it. James 1.19, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We need to be in the moment and learn to listen. And I'll, I'll be real honest, probably mainly the guys especially, okay? Because I know that my wife is very, yeah, my wife listens, and I can ask her for all the details. And again, I'm just the highlight guy, the, the headline guy. 
And so if I want to go for details, I'll call my wife and ask her some of the details. She will tell me. Not Chris will. <laughs> my wife is an amazing godly woman. She has the gift of dialogue. Okay. Isn't that true, Courtney? <laughs> okay. That sometimes I get lost in the details. She'll be talking and my mind wanders off. She will catch me sometimes and ask if I was listening. And uh, I try to remember the last thing she said so I can feel like I was engaged. <laughs> yes, uh, busted. But listen. <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's so easy when she's not here. So <laughs> but listening is the seed for knowledge. Uh, with this, we can listen for pain in others. We hear anger and frustration. That's why listening is so extremely important. I've learned so much by listening myself. We need to put our phones down and get in the moment and le learn to listen to our kids, our spouses, our family, co-workers, your boss. And this is extremely important in the day that we're living in. Parents, listen to your children. There's a battle going on to steal your children's innocence. Be knowledgeable of what's going on in their lives. Be knowledgeable what, of what's being taught in their schools and universities. You need to be involved in these things. These things are crucial. This is the next generation that's being influenced, and they're starting younger and younger so they can tear out the foundation that you have instilled in these children. Next point. Honor is a seed of access. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it will go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. An example, I'm, I mean, my dad's a good example of that. The way he honored my grandparents, his parents, was amazing. It was incredible. He was there for them, whatever they needed. Financially, when he couldn't afford it, he didn't turn away from it. He helped and he honored. And look at what the Lord's doing by honoring him with the life that he's leading right now. What a great example. That's why I enjoy our conversation so much because it's an example that I can actually touch and feel and hear. It's so good. Your future can be decided by who you choose to honor. If you do, do not honor people, authority, and we see that in society today. Authority has been whittled away down to nothing. Everyone's doing what they want to do. They don't care what people think. They don't care if it's your property or not. If they want something, they take it. If you're in their way, they push you out of the way. Whatever it is, this is the world that we li we're living in. When we took scripture, Bible, and Christianity out of the schools, there was a vacuum that happened. Demonic forces came in to fill that, and you can see the outcome of what's happening now. And so that's why it's so important that we are actively involved in what's going on with our children. Honor is a willingness to reward a person, use the right words, use kindness and respect. Presentation is the seed for acceptance. This is interesting as well. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, 
But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I, I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks the, at the heart. So true, so true. Uh, each one of us uh, enjoys that, that part, that we can be wherever we want, look however we want, and enjoy. It doesn't change who he is as our Lord and Savior. But we can have a lot of good going on inside, but if you aren't careful and realize that the world looks at the outward appearance, you may be adding more obstacles in your way than necessary. If you're watching television and the 444-4444 guy comes on, you know, <laughs> if, if he was in the t-shirt, shorts, and Crocs, he probably wouldn't get the business that he gets by being on TV the way he is. So that's an example. When you're going in for an interview, the same applies. I have a story about this from my first job. Um, when I went in, uh, this was my first interview right out of college. I went in for the interview in the gentleman that was doing the interview kind of was surprised because I showed up with a tie and a coat. And, and so everyone in that architectural group was in t-shirts, just relaxed, and, and I was in a coat and tie. And so my first interview last, lasted about five hours, so everybody thought I was already hired because um, they put me to work. So I was working at that point. There was before computers. So I was drafting at a drafting table. Um, and so about a week and a half later, I was hired, and I was, they were surprised because I still came in a little bit dressed up more than the other guys that were in there. So they were kind of ridiculing me, and I didn't do it for anything else but myself, okay? I did it for myself because I wanted myself, I wanted to be in the moment and to be, I was already planting something in my mind that I wanted to achieve something that I hadn't gotten to yet, but I was already playing the role, okay? So I was putting myself in the moment. Presentation matters. Presentation decides persuasion. Presentation takes more time and sometimes is uncomfortable. Sometimes it takes creativity to present well. But if you look back at Esther, she soaked in oils and prepared to see the king 12 months before the opportunity came up. Daniel studied the Babylonian language for two and a half years before he spoke to the most powerful person in the world at the time. Preparation matters. We have to be prepared. As Christians, we have to be prepared. We have to present well. We have to set ourselves apart because we are to be set apart. Another example, um, I remember acquiring several projects in Mexico uh, with Mexican clients and, and I was in meetings and I was used to Tex-Mex Spanish, okay? Yeah, Rebecca understands. Um, so as I started listening, and again, most of the time I'm quiet, I listen before I respond to anything. But I was listening to their words that were different. I was listening to their enunciation. It was different. 
So I had to prepare. Anytime I was going to meet with them, I had to prepare myself for the meetings. Because in Mexico, when I've been there, Mexico City and different parts, you can't speak that Spanish. If you speak that Spanish, they just turn away from you and walk away. And you're left there not doing anything. It's very uncomfortable. I've seen it happen. I taught myself how to speak a formal Spanish that opened the door for me to acquire new projects. An opportunity came up and I was flown to Mexico <coughs> to stay with the ex-president of Mexico, uh, Vicente Fox. We were working on a project in, in, uh, in San Miguel de Allende. And so if I wouldn't have had the knowledge or the experience at that time, it would have been very uncomfortable for me or I would have been on a quick flight home. So it was interesting for me to have to prepare for that, understand that, and with that, he even gave me a challenge during that meeting. He says, okay, we're gonna be meeting, this is all in Spanish, okay, we're gonna be meeting with the mayor of San Miguel de Allende. They only want to give me a certain amount of area, hectares, that they call them, and they wanna give me three, but I want, I need at least five. Can you be in agreement with me? Let's, let's go in there and let's see if they will uh, go for it. And so he said, I'm gonna say anything, I'll let you say everything. So you, the mayor came in, he brought some engineers in, and so we're talking, they're laying out the, the plans on, on the table. And um, so I decided to do something different. I asked for eight hectares. And I showed them that here's what we need, and here, if we incorporate this lake, it can be that much better. And so, and I would look over at Vicente and he would be smiling at me as I was talking about this. And so they ended up giving us the eight hectares that we needed, so he was very excited about it. So, so with that, it was interesting because if I hadn't prepared again for that, that opportunity would have not happened. That project would have not occurred. And so that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be prepared. We should always understand that the world does not see us through the lens of the Father. They only see the outward facade. So be wary of presentation as a seed for acceptance. Words, this is another point, words are the seeds for feelings. In Matthew 4.4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Words are extremely powerful. Words can paint pictures. I know when I use words, and uh, I, I was, I again, taught myself early that if I can be very descriptive with the limited time that I have with a client and show them that my thought process, just by listening to what their needs are, that I could visually interpret what they were saying, communicate the solution for a design through words, and at that point, acquire potentially the project. So words are extremely important. Words can incite anger and rage. Words can make songs and communicate love and emotion. Words can heal and restore and can cause death and destruction. Words are the seeds for feelings. Think before you speak. Words can be a lifeline out of trouble or a lead weight around your waist plunging you into the deep. Our hearts are filled with words that can communicate the love of Christ 
and lay the pathway for salvation or be used with hatred that can cause irreparable harm, death, and destruction. That's one of the things that I've always looked at is I'm probably pretty slow to respond because I'm going to think about what I respond with because I can't take anything back. Once words are said, they're said, and so they make an impression. It's almost like a brand. It's, it's going to sear in their minds what you said. Certainly grace and mercy and, and apologizing comes in, but those words are still there. <clears throat> Always remember that words are seeds that once spoken cannot be taken back or erased from the minds of others. That's why forgiveness and grace are so important. The spoken word put on tablets and inscribed on scrolls became the communication to us from God himself. So that's how important words are to communicate the love of Christ, communicate salvation, communicate who Holy Spirit is. And if y'all don't know, Holy Spirit, and the reason we say Holy Spirit and not the Holy Spirit, because that's his name. And Bertie taught on that and was awesome with it. So we say Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit, because that's his name. Order is the seed for productivity. God is a God of order. comes from 1 Corinthians 14.33 that says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. Any movement towards order will create peace and joy in your heart. You know, for me, again, I'll, I'll always relate to what I feel on that, is I like order in certain areas, okay? Order, maybe in the garage to where I know where all my tools are, and I know if a tool's not there, somebody took it without me knowing, because I know where I put it last. <coughs> if you go to my office, it's a little different. There's a whole bunch of stuff all over my table, my desk. And so a couple weeks ago, I hired an assistant. And so I must have been pretty bad because now she's getting emails of thanks for getting me organized and after two weeks of being there. So uh, I guess the creative process is a little bit different because uh, I have several things happening and several things are always on my desk. This can also be, um, this is another one, keeping your car clean. <laughs> keeping your car clean. Um, mowing the yard, making your bed, folding the laundry, all this can create order, which will create peace. I know that whenever, after I mow the yard, sometimes I kind of stand back and look at it, and it makes me feel good, <laughs> you know? Or I look in the closet or in the linen closet, and everything's all stacked up and folded. That's a good feeling. So that, those produce feeling, uh, calm and peace, and they're so simple. Or made-up bed. When you get home ap after work and the bed's made up, it's not all torn up from where you woke up in the morning. It's, it's simple things that create peace. God wants us to live in order, and this will produce productivity and efficiencies in our life. Problems are seeds for recognition. This is interesting. A problem is a chance for you to reveal who you are in Christ Jesus. Your skills, your confidence, and abilities are all attributes that will allow you to jump in and solve problems. 
I know some, some of my project managers at the office, um, they'll come to me and there's been a problem. Either it's a problem that they caused or a problem that the contractor caused or a combination of things. So they'll come to me and how do we handle this? What do we do? And I said, let's call them in. Let's get them on the phone. Let's figure this out. You don't walk away or run away from the problem because it just gets bigger. I would much rather go to the problem and handle it than allow them to make the call first, which gives them the offense as compared to us being on the offense and trying to solve the problem. <coughs> we are called to be problem solvers. In Genesis 41, Joseph, while in prison, seized the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, which gave him the way out of the problem that he was in. David didn't run from the problem Goliath. He ran to him. Remember who we are in Christ, and that'll make us problem solvers. Confession is a seed for mercy. Jonah 2.8 says, while he was in the fish, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise that will fulfill my vows, for salvation comes from the Lord alone. So he was confessing while he was in the fish. He went it out. He was then spit out of the fish's mouth on dry land and was ordered to get up and go to the great city of Nineveh to deliver that message as well. Okay, so he had a job to do once, uh, and he was able to save that city from uh, annihilation. Repentance is also a seed for forgiveness. Confession is recognizing and admitting it, but repentance goes even further. You identify the issue, I did it, I'm sorry, and by God's grace, I won't do it again. Holy Spirit will help you and give you the ability to confess. And with this, peace and comfort will come. Godly sorrow may also come. Being broken will also often leave a mental mark. A line that will allow you to stay away from the problem that produced the distress you once had. So it's almost a line that you draw. That once you see it, mental picture, once you see that line, you'll know it's there. You don't want to go back to that issue that caused all the problem. And lastly, today is a seed for tomorrow. Psalms 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day will be the same if you decide not to change it. If you came here today with an addiction, it won't change on its own. It's not up to God. It's up to you. He gave us free will. He wants us <coughs> to give up those things that ensnare us and keep us from being who we need to be. Today is a seed for better tomorrow. When we begin to understand today is the day of salvation, then we will live in the blessing of the Lord. Nothing will change or get better in your life if you don't do something with it today. That's why 
when we have altar calls, we have the opportunity to make a change. We have the opportunity to give that to the Lord, allow him to make uh, or breakthrough, give us a breakthrough and understand what direction we need to go. These are opportunities that we can't, we can't lay aside. We need to take advantage of those. We need to be men of action, women of action. Some will say, I'll quit my smoking or my pornography addiction or my alcohol addiction tomorrow. If, if you remember, if you were here last week, um, Raleen spoke about if you leave a small opening, a crack in the door of the fortress, if you will, that she was speaking about, it gives Satan access. We can't leave anything open. We can't have bitterness, unforgiveness in our lives. It leaves an open door for Satan to come in and plant a seed of destruction in your body, mind, and spirit. That's the areas that we need to make sure that we close up and and make sure everything is fortified to where we can live a godly life. Again, going back, once he knows you're in the game, he'll attack you. Once he sees that his attack is, is making progress, he continues. He continues. And once he starts whittling away at that, all of a sudden, you fall away. You back away. He wants you to press forward and move on. We need to be people of action. If you want a better marriage, it starts today. If you want to be free from addictions, it starts today. If you need forgiveness, it starts today. You might be here today just for this message. Today can be a change for you that will change your tomorrow. Your full potential is waiting for you. All of these points that we talked about are seeds that are life-changing, life-giving, as long as we let Jesus and the Holy Spirit in to accompany us in our journey of life. Allow the Lord in. Allow change to happen. Allow your walk to be joyful and full of glory. These are all seeds that can flourish in your life. Lastly, be proactive. We need to be proactive in our Christian walk. We need to be the eyes and ears around us so that we can be able to be a lifeline to those that don't know or are battling something. We need to be that lifeline for others. God called us to assemble together like this to allow us to get refocused and tuned in to what the Holy Spirit wants us to do for him. People are coming in that are hurting. People are coming in that are broken. And if we don't know it, if we don't hear it, if the Holy Spirit doesn't acknowledge that in us, then we have to fine-tune ourselves so that we can get that close to where we can hear from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We need to be proactive today. Don't put off what can change you today. I was thinking, because Raleen and I, for years now, probably 15, 18 years, every day before I leave for the office, um, we pray. And we pray for you. We pray for each other. We pray for our families. We pray for our business. We pray for protection. 
We pray for friends and family that may be battling sickness. But we always want to, before we leave the home, that we have prayer together. But our spirit man also needs to be fed. Our spirit man needs to be fed in a way that we need to proclaim things audibly. Our spirit man needs to hear these things so that we can nourish that spirit man and not just read these things. The audible part is so extremely important. That's what grows our spirit. That's what gives us strength. John, if you'll put up those points that I wanted to, um, for us, if you want to write these down, it'd be great. But all these points, all these scriptures that are here will empower you throughout the day. Pray yourself, pray and tell yourself audibly, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. In Deuteronomy 28, 13, I am the head and not the tail. In Psalm 18, 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. In Psalm 27, some trust in chariots, some, in, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Job 13.15, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. All of these points will feed your spirit, man, that allows you to deal with things throughout the day, that allows you to see how things can change, that allow your life to be transform <coughs> excuse me, transformed. It's so important for us to continually feed because if we don't, the world is feeding us with other things that are going to derail us, that are going to distract us, that are going to minimize who we see him as, as Lord. We want to stay focused. We want to stay diligent. So we want to make sure that we do the things that are going to be required in order for us to fulfill what he's called us to do. I'm going to open up these altars here today, the front here, so that if you have something we need to pray about, if there's an obstacle, if there's a seed, if there's something that you need us to pray about, we'd love to do that. We don't want to take time uh, and dismiss without the opportunity of praying with you. It's so important for us to be a family, to love one another, to help each other, and to give us a better tomorrow. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word, Father, changes lives. Your spirit, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, is left here with us to lead us and guide us if we allow him to. Let him be the lead, Father, and let us walk behind. Anywhere we go, Father, let Holy Spirit be with us. Let our words that come out of our mouths be led by Holy Spirit. Let thoughts that come into my, our mind, Father, be filtered by Holy Spirit. Things we watch, things we hear. Father, let us be who you called us to be. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We love you. And I thank you for every person that's here today, Lord. That I hope your word touched their hearts. These words that I put together touched their hearts, Father. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.